Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri and I am joined this week by a very special guest, the Jack of All Trades for Zelda Dungeon, Mr. Kevin O'Rourke. Kevin, how you doing man? How are you? Andy, I'm doing great. I am doing excellent. How are you? Uh, couldn't couldn't be better. Just uh, it's a beautiful day in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, I am excited that I get to see your lovely face Aww. in only a handful of days. You're making you're making me blush. So for everyone out there, uh, you know we we promised Taylor was coming back this week, but of course uh, his shift got changed at work, so uh, he's out of commission for this week. Um, and of course next week, the podcast is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to have a traditional episode next week because, of course, we're basically all going to be in Chicago playing Zelda games and uh, drinking beer. So what we're going to do next week is on Monday, we are going to go on Facebook Live. So Zelda Informer Facebook. Uh, we're we're just going to be there live. We're going to take you for a little tour of the house. We're going to show you kind of what's going on. Uh, we'll answer some fan questions uh, and we'll just kind of hang out and have uh, a good time. So it won't be a traditional Champions cast episode, but it will still be a fun time had by all I think so um, Yeah, that being said this week. We're gonna talk about the marathon a little bit and uh, We decided just to do an old-fashioned Q&A episode because I feel like it's been a while since we've had time to uh, Answer all of the questions that fans have about Zelda and who better to help with that than mr. O'Rourke It's been a minute since your last Champions cast appearance, but uh, I'm glad to have you back for this yeah, it's, it's nice to be chatting alongside you instead of taking your place here. <laughs> Finally got the, the, yeah, power, you know what? the power combo back together. Uh, I to Yeah, I totally forgot that. It, it, it hasn't been that long since you were on the Champions cast, has it? That's right. It's just, it's been a while since me and you have been together, but uh, the Dream Team here... Yeah, the, the Mega Powers are back. The Mega Powers <laughs> are back, and they are not exploding <laughs> this episode, at least. Uh, so before we get into uh, everything, just a couple of quick notes that uh, we wanted to bring up from around the Zelda world. Um, one of the big discoveries of this week was John from Game Explained tweeted out a picture from Breath of the Wild and said something along the lines of like, oh my god, I can't believe I've been playing this game for two and a half years and didn't realize that this is Outset, or Outlook Island, or Outset Island, Outset I'm sorry. Island. That's alright, you had Outset it first Island. the right time. I know, it's because I wrote down Outlook. <laughs> Damn you, autocorrect. Um... Yeah, pretty cool, like, little discovery. It definitely looks like Outset Island. Uh, it, a lot of people kind of ran with this story. Uh, Breath of the Wild is really famous for having those, like, little Easter egg references to all the other games. I don't think it means anything in the grand scheme of things, but a really cool little Easter egg that, uh, you know, took a while for people to find. Yeah, it's, it's not terribly hidden, too. It's, you know, blink and you'll miss it, but it's, it's definitely there. I think it was all about the the angle too of, of how he captured it because it you can look at all that stuff and just see like okay whatever it's a bridge it's an elevated hill it's whatever right like that's pretty pretty commonplace for breath of the wild but just the the certain angle really just makes it abundantly clear like wow this this is outside island and in, in much the same way that like when you looked at um uh, Lon Lon Ranch in Breath of the Wild, you were like, wow, this is the stables from Ocarina of Time and stuff. So it's just another really cool instance of Breath of the Wild like continually surprising people. And I guess that's not the only surprise that we got from Breath of the Wild uh, in the last week or so. Uh, somebody went, basically somebody went scuba diving underwater. They glitched themselves into the water and uh, were able to see a first-person perspective 
of beneath the lake or beneath the river in Breath of the Wild. And like, it looked absolutely spectacular. There was a bunch of coral. There was a bunch of just like of, of sea life down there. And it, it makes you think like, I wonder if, you know, if, if there was plans maybe at the beginning of Breath of the Wild to like dive underwater or like have a like underwater swimming or like something like that. Or if this game is just like that incredibly detailed. Yeah, I feel like uh, deep sea diving in Breath of the Wild will be a ton of fun, especially like zooming in with your um, Sheikah Slate camera, doing some uh, underwater spelunking, if you will. That would be that would be pretty awesome. I always um, I'm always hit or miss on underwater in Zelda. I think Majora's Mask did it really well, but some other games and Twilight Princess I, I think did it really well, but. You know, Ocarina of Time eh, leaves a little bit to be desired when you're under the water. So, like, I think that would be really cool. And that's something that I hope that we see um, in the second Breath of the Wild, which I guess we'll get into in a little bit here when we answer our questions. But yeah, I thought that was uh, that was really cool. And it's, like, just outstanding that, A, that amount of detail. And, like, B, like, people are still finding stuff in Breath of the Wild two and a half years later. Um and, you know, two things in one week. It just shows you how the scale of this game is absolutely, you know, unbelievable. Um, and I guess the last thing that uh, we wanted to bring on or bring up before we start uh, diving into the show here, uh, Mr. O'Rourke yes. was good enough to show me a, a really cool uh, mod before we kicked the show off. And, man, this, this really fits together like a hand in a glove, doesn't it? It is Banjo-Kazooie in the Wind Waker world. And man, does this not look like a game you want to play? It looks really cool. It seems it's the combo that I never knew that I wanted. It seems like it fits perfectly. Yeah, it really does. Um, you know, the video right now is on IGN. Uh, I think that we'll post it on Zelda and former social media here pretty quickly. But uh, it, it looks like really spectacular. Like the music for Wind Waker really just fits Banjo Kazooie to a T. It kind of has that uh, whimsical charm that uh, the rare games were known for having with their music and it looks uh, it looks really cool and I feel like Banjo-Kazooie is like I feel like it's only a matter of time before Banjo makes a comeback and gets a new game because like that's, that's kind of what Smash Bros is it's like the do you remember when they used to call the rock franchise Viagra <laughs> I feel like I feel like Super Smash Bros Super Smash is franchise Viagra <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah there's gonna be I, I bet you anything there's a new Banjo game in the next year in the next 12 months from this day there's gonna be a new banjo kazooie when, game when are we getting that new duck hunt game though uh well, you know we got we got duck hunt on the the switch online that's that's a thing okay i'll take it that's a thing um maybe maybe it's not uh you know 100 percent viagra for everybody but <laughs> i feel like banjo kazooie is gonna do better than duck hunt which uh which is also hilarious because duck hunt was the the troll for the Banjo Kazooie reveal trailer, which I thought was spectacular. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's dive in, and I know that we've been talking about it for the last couple weeks here, but let's just spend a bit of time on it uh, before we kick off the Q and A here. Uh, let's talk about the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. Um, so of course, uh, all of us are flying out on Friday. Uh, we're gonna get this shindig started on Saturday. Um, man, I am. Super, super excited. K.O., I know that you've been uh, a marathon mainstay. This is going to be your eighth, we were saying? Um, I think it's the eighth for all time, so I've made it to six. Or this will be my sixth. Oh, I see, yes, for six. Okay. Yeah, the years so kind like, of blur together now, though. And yeah, this is. I think this is going to be a really 
really exciting marathon. We have a lot of uh, first-timers, a lot of new blood coming this year. we got some new Zelda games, uh, Cadence of Hyrule on the mix. Uh, we're going to try and set the world record for Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, which I am stoked about. I can't wait to see Locke play that. Yeah, it was, oh man, it was a nail-biter last year. Locke was only a few minutes off from the world record. Um, so hopefully we get a I thought a he nice missed it by like story. 13 seconds or something. It was super close. It was it was definitely under a minute, I know for sure. Yeah. Um, which like which is absolutely crazy because you know, since then I've played Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land and I I can't fathom finishing that game. I think Locke had a time of like 4 hours and I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. And uh to anybody that's ever played that game, it is that is insane because you have to memorize all of the different sell prices, all the different asking prices. Um, it, it is like truly bonkers that he can finish that game that quickly. So that's going to be a big highlight for us. But um, Ko, maybe you could run us through some of the other gimmicks that we got going on this week. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, every day we have kind of like the main event of that day. So we have some big races um, with some fun stipulations. Uh, we have the Minish Cap which is going to be a 10-player elimination race. So, like, rapid-fire eliminations. And I know you you played in this last year. I'm going to be playing this year as well. Um, I, I was I was lucky enough to win last year, actually. But I think I only won because everybody else glitched out. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, the, the competition is pretty fierce. Uh, 10 players starting at the same time. Um, and a the person in last place will be eliminated as uh, people make it to the next uh, objective. So we could have three eliminations before the second dungeon, which is pretty crazy. It's going to be a very uh, hot very race, hectic. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've watched the opening for Minish Cap a couple times from last year, and it is absolutely crazy and like the first 45 minutes are are literally just bonkers there's people dropping out there's a a really a nice touch was like when you only had two people left they were flashing red so like you knew that they were in danger of being deleted uh it was really fun yeah it's definitely going to be a good time minish cap is is one of our uh, our biggest races it's it's a really fun game to do this with too it adds a bit more uh, flair to it um, so we also have uh, Skyward Sword. We're going to be doing a, a tag team race. We're going to be having three teams where players can tag in and out at any point in any interval. Um, and the competition for Skyward Sword this year is going to be crazy. Uh, we have a lot of really, really like high tier players that are playing, um, and some some people mixed in that are very familiar with the game. So Skyward Sword is going to be very, very competitive this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be playing in it as well. Should be a good time. Um, we also have Breath of the Wild Bingo returning. So for those of you who watched last year, we did um, Breath of the Wild Bingo, which was... Um, you got like a, a bingo card. Each team got certain objectives that they needed to complete throughout their entire race. And then defeat all of the Divine Beasts, and then go and defeat uh, Calamity Ganon to, to win the game. So these objectives could be something as silly as like, go upgrade a few armor pieces or, you know, complete such and such in the Hyrule Compendium, uh, go cook a certain thing or, like, find a certain weapon or item. Um, it really adds a lot of depth to the game, whereas, like, if we just did a normal race, it would be over in, like, a couple hours and would be kind of boring. Um, so the bingo definitely makes the game 
uh, more exciting and, and closer too because different teams have different things to do. Um, and we're also going to be having like a collective uh, group of tasks that will be unlocked at certain donation levels. So we're hoping that we can get a lot of donations during Breath of the Wild to make our players play a little bit more and, and get some more time in the game and see a little bit more. Yeah, if you donate during only one game at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon this year, Breath of the Wild is probably the one that you want to donate uh, during. It adds just it adds a lot of unpredictability and a lot of uh, spontaneity to to this race. And you know, Breath of the Wild is already such a vastly you know one player's experience can be totally different from the next player's experience. So like it really we, it just kind of takes advantage of that. So. You know, I watched Breath of the Wild last year, and it was uh, it was bonkers watching everybody run to get these random pieces of meat or like find a sword somewhere. Uh, it it looked like a lot of fun. I might even take in on Breath of the Wild this year. I'm not sure. And uh, you know, this one this one is going to be one that if you're donating a few bucks, that this is the one that you want to uh, check out. Yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm looking forward to Breath of the Wild. Bingo is just, it adds so much to the game. It's a lot of fun. Um, so speaking of, of big races that Andy's a part of, uh, we have Ugh. Twilight Princess. The Twilight Ugh. Princess HD Rumble. Another race with ten players at the same time. Um, but this one's a little bit different than the Minish Cap. So we have uh, seeded times for racers. So we have a lot of different competitive levels for this game. So we have 10 racers, but they're all starting at different intervals. So based on players' practice times that we've had submitted, uh, those racers with a longer, uh, you know, a longer personal best time will start at the beginning of the race, and then other players will trickle in, kind of like a, a rumble match and like a wrestling promotion, that um, they'll start at another interval and come in and you know, try to beat the others with, with their very competitive times. Uh, Andy, I think you're kicking us off, right? Uh, you know what? I thought I would be, but apparently Gooey is going to kick us off, actually. Oh, wow. uh, I guess his his PB is 15 minutes worse than mine, which which is staggering to me because my PB is not very good at all. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so the general gist is, like, if I can finish the game in, let's say, 11 hours and someone can finish the game in 8 hours... Um, they're going to start three hours after me so that ideally all 10 players are getting to Hyrule Castle and fighting Ganondorf at in and around the same time. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's a marathon within a marathon, especially for those of us that aren't very good at it, like i.e. me. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do have to say though, that last year it was, it was kind of fun, uh, you know, just hashing it out and just kind of reveling in the fact that there's like all these great twilight princess players and like you you can kind of watch them do their tricks and and it's like wow these guys are so good at this game so it makes you a little bit jealous that you're not as good and have to play it for longer but i kind of i had fun last year doing it and i i did have fun running twilight princess um a couple last week i guess Uh, i actually posted about my opinions on the twilight princess dungeons really quickly what's your favorite twilight princess dungeon yeah. What, what do you think? Where do you weigh in on that? On Twilight Princess? Or, yeah, or on your ranking like your favorite. dungeons? Well, either or. Like, what, what would your like favorite dungeon or least favorite dungeon look like in that game? It's kind of hard to pick my favorite. I want to say it's the Arbiter's Grounds, because I'm a sucker for the spinner. 
Yeah, I think that yeah, that, using, that was mine too. Yeah, using the spinner is, is really cool. Um, I do wish it was incorporated a little bit more in the overworld. Um, yeah, but you know, it's it's that's kind of a difficult item to to work into a world. Um, I would either say the Arbiter's Grounds or Snow Peak Ruins, just because of how all different right, that right. dungeon is. And you're making yeah, soup I, I, all the time. okay. We're on the same page because Arbiter's was my number one. Snow Peak was my number two. Yeah, they're they're both really fun. Um, I I don't want to say like a bad dungeon. I, I think they're all pretty good in Twilight Princess. There's a lot to choose from too. Mm. Um, Twilight Princess, I I feel has like really for the most part it has really great dungeons and without exception has awesome boss battles. Yeah, they're pretty epic. Um, like Argorok and fighting uh, Star Lord, and and just having like multiple phases, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I I think that Twilight Princess has the best boss battles in the entire series i think you know we we kind of we kind of give twilight princess a hard time on the show sometimes but like the boss battles in that game are just phenomenal so even even for that fact alone i'm looking forward to playing it yeah twilight princess is uh it's a gem in the rough all right so we got those are those are the big gimmick games um is there is there anything that we missed or any other tight races that uh, everybody needs to know about? Um, I guess just to just to note, we'll be playing Cadence of Hyrule for the first time this year. Um, we will be starting with Oracle of Seasons, uh, July thirteenth at eight thirty a.m. Central. So uh, we'll be following that up with Four Swords Adventures as well, which is always a, a zany fun time. Um, yes. We did mention Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Definitely keep your eye on that. Um, and I guess some of like the the more quirky games, like we'll be playing um, some of the Zelda CDI games. We'll be doing some Triforce Heroes multiplayer. Um, yeah, definitely keep your eye on that. We'll be playing Master Quest as well. Uh, all around good time. Tons of Zelda, one week, raising money for charity. Uh, July 13th through July 19th, we'll be supporting Extra Life Charity uh, in support of the Children's Hospital of Illinois. Really good cause. Um, should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I know a lot of people listening to this probably didn't haven't have never had the opportunity to play the CDI games. So like, even if it sounds lame, and even if you've heard that they're really bad, they're not great games. But it's fun to watch someone else play a bad game. So <laughs> definitely, you know, come and come and check it out, and uh, you know, revel revel in our misery with us as we try and play through the CDI games. Um, of course. All of the proceeds, every every bit of donation money that we get goes towards Extra Life for the Children's Hospital of Illinois, um, as well as uh, t-shirts available on teespring.com forward slash store forward slash Zelda Dungeon. You can get some pretty sick Kevin O'Rourke Tuesday shirts over there. That's right. Or some Canadian Nightmare Andy Spateri shirts. Uh, so we're, we are going to be looking really fresh in those t-shirts at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. You can look just as fresh. Just head over to Teespring and check that out. Of course, all the money from those shirts goes towards Extra Life, so you're you're gonna look cool. You're gonna be donating towards a good cause, and uh, you know what? We can't put over enough. Twitch.tv forward slash Zelda Dungeon, thirteenth um, to the nineteenth. It is gonna be a a fun time had by all, and I'm I'm like super excited to see everybody again. It feels like, you know, it feels like this one kind of snuck up quickly. Um, and, yeah, and it felt like after to... I left last year, it's like, man, this is going to take forever to see all my friends again. But now that we're here, I'm like, I'm jazzed. Oh yeah. Same here. It's, it's, I look forward to this every year. It's, it's my vacation, you know? 
Yeah. It's a, so it's a fun time. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So I uh, really encourage you guys to check that out and uh, you know tell your friends, tell tell your folks, tell any Zelda fans that you know that this is going on. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun time. Um, so yeah. That being said, why don't we dive into some Zelda questions that we got? Of course, I opened up the mailbag on Twitter asking everybody, hey. Give me some Zelda questions for this week. We want to have a, a light and breezy episode, uh, talks of marathon, and then answer some Q and A questions for you guys. So, uh, what do you say that we just dive right into this, Ko? Yeah, let's run down the list. All right, and it should be noted that we have sixteen questions. Woo. Oh, there right. you go. Uh, if if you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Tyler Riley says, "When do you think Breath of the Wild Two is coming out?" That is a good question. I have I have two answers. Okay. I think either November of twenty twenty or March of twenty twenty one. I think would make sense. Okay. I'm in the same ballpark with you there. I think it's tough because they're using, you know, the engine and similar assets to the first Breath of the Wild game, so you'd expect the turnaround time to be pretty quick. And yeah. I don't think that Nintendo is really in the habit, especially with uh, revealing like Metroid, uh, Metroid Prime 4. Uh, they're not in the habit of announcing stuff very early and having you wait for it now. They kind of want their games to be announced and then, hey, it's going to come out like this year or early next year. So I think 2020 yeah, yeah. November seems like a, a pretty safe bet. I remember them specifically saying when they showed off the logo for Metroid Prime 4 that 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 was an exception that the game was not ready to be shown in any capacity but they knew that there was a large contingency of metroid fans that were you know feeling a little bit left out in the cold so they wanted to let them know that at least like someone is working on this Thank so you. i you know i feel like you're right i feel like typically nintendo shows off games and their directs or anything like that that are six to nine months out um you know i think that the wording in the reveal for breath of the wild 2 the sequel is being developed uh, definitely indicates that it's going to be a little bit longer, but I, I do think that, you know, I, I do think it's realistic for a 2020 release, and if not, the same time frame that Breath of the Wild, um, the first Breath of the Wild, was originally released, I think makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't come, couldn't come soon enough. So the second question from Ravioli is, thoughts on a 3D HD Zelda 1 remake? I'm all on board for that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, I'm definitely on board for it. Um, this question kind of came up a while ago on the show, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody made a good point, and it's like, you know what, essentially Breath of the Wild is a 3D HD Zelda 1 remake, because you have that same kind of freedom of exploration that you did in the first Zelda um, you know, you don't have the same kind of dungeons, obviously, but I, I think that the same, like the same groundwork principles are in place. So I, I think that that's like a, a pretty good or a pretty apt description to make or statement to make. Um, you know, a 3D HD Zelda One remake would be a small game. They'd have to add a ton of stuff into that to kind of flesh it out. You know, I, I'm all for I'm all for Zelda remakes. I think that that would be awesome, but. Um, I think that Breath of the Wild kind of filled that purpose for me. Yeah, I th I think too in in like 
to, to make a traditional like 2D top-down uh, Zelda game, uh, if they did remake like Zelda 1, I, I almost wouldn't really want to play, like I'd rather just play the original. I feel like they'd have to pull like a, a link between worlds and kind of like change that game. Maybe keep it in like a similar sort of world, but change everything about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's something endearing about the NES version of that game. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think that, if anything, um, Zelda 2 needs a remake more than um, more than Zelda 1. Zelda, Zelda 2 is definitely... Yeah, I, I played it not that long ago, and it's, like, it's definitely aged, and there's definitely a lot of uh, quality of life improvements that could be made. So, even, even if it, it didn't have to be a 3D remake, either. It could just be, like, the same exact style 2d but i think that zelda 2 is is the zelda game that's most in need of a of a reboot yeah it's definitely the black sheep of the series but it's good so we'll see um so tyler tyler riley is back and he is asking why why does the moon have a face in majora's mask kevin why does the moon have a face um i mean originally in the uh, majora's mask like earlier footage it didn't have a face and I don't know, it's probably in some interview, and, and I'll just quote myself here. Uh, the face is scary. You have three days for the moon to crash down on you. And I think it's way more intimidating if it's got that that gnarly grin dropping down on you and shaking the whole world than it is with just like a regular moon that Majora is pulling down. It's scary. 100%. It is scary, and it's you, you don't get that if you just see a bunch of craters and stuff on a moon. Yeah, I mean the moon. The moon too. dropping down is is scary in and of itself, but man, just seeing that face, it really adds a, really adds a oomph to the impending doom that the moon crashing is going to be. Can you imagine living in Clocktown and looking up at your moon, like and and just seeing this big gnarly grin on its face? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd flee town for sure. Oh yeah, I'd I'd flee. I'd go to the farthest corner of the earth, like. Can you imagine like being outside on your on your patio deck in real life, looking up and the moon is smiling at you? Even if it was the nicest face ever, that would scare me. Yeah, that's some like War of the World stuff right there. There, there is your answer right there. Why there's a face on uh, the moon in Majora's Mask? Michael Michael Heidi asks, and this is a good question. With Link's Awakening out in 2019 and Breath of the Wild most likely being pushed back to 2021. What's Nintendo going to release in 2020? Is a Skyward Sword remake or something else, or something else entirely? Or will Zelda skip a year? Um, which is a great question because Zelda, since about I want to say 2012 until 2018, had released a game every single year, whether it was a new title or whether it was a port or a remake. Um, 2018 was the year that skipped the trend. We got the Champions Ballad DLC in December 2017. But yeah, that was the that was the first year that didn't have a new Legend of Zelda title released. So, I you know I think that Breath of the Wild two, I think it could be a twenty twenty game. So and if it is, I think Skyward Sword HD is a twenty twenty one game because that kind of fits with the whole thing of like Wind Waker HD being released ten years after Wind Waker, Twilight Princess HD being released ten years after Twilight Princess. So I, yeah, I think that that Skyward Sword HD I, I think is a matter of when, not if. So that could definitely fill some gaps. I feel like we could get a Hyrule Warriors 2 thrown in there. Maybe another Cadence of Hyrule add-on or something. That would be sweet. Cadence of Hyrule, I mean. But yeah, it's uh, uh, we'll kind of have to see where Breath of the Wild slots in there. I, I do think that uh, 
I think that if Breath of the Wild is 2021, then Skyward Sword HD will be 2020, and vice versa. Um, I, I I truly think that Skyward Sword HD is going to come. I know that uh, Anuma had made some comments at E3 saying that um, motion controls are absolutely vital to Skyward Sword, and a lot of people ran with that with uh, with a story that said like Skyward Sword HD isn't happening. But I mean, you can absolutely have motion controls on the Switch, and uh, you know you you don't need any of the sensor bars. You don't need any of the other like the Wii Motion Plus um, gimmick Wii Motes. You can just have your your Switch motion controls, and I think that it would work fantastically. So, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a matter of of when, not if. And I am like, I would almost I I would be okay playing Skyward Sword on my Switch in 2020 and waiting for Breath of the Wild in 2021. Like, I, I love Skyward Sword, so I'd be okay with that. I'd really love to see, like, a... This is, like, a crazy dream, but a Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker combo on Switch. Whether it be re-releases of the HD versions on Switch so you could have it all on one console, following up with, like, a Skyward Sword HD. But uh, that that's, uh, uh, that's a fever dream. Awesome. That, yeah, I, I don't know. I could see them porting Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD to the Switch. I couldn't see them bundling them together. But um, you know what? I also couldn't see them releasing Breath of the Wild 2 footage at E3 this year. So, you know, anything is possible. So Scruggs asks, What are your thoughts on Zelda 1 and Breath of the Wild being similar and now comparisons being made to how Zelda 2 and Breath of the Wild 2 will be similar? Can you see it happening? I don't know. Which is a little bit... Yeah, I don't know. You go ahead with that one. Yeah, I don't think so. Zelda 2 is a radically different Zelda game. Um, and to put the like the timing of the games into perspective, uh, Zelda was its own game. Uh, and now we look back on, on a series that has, like, what, 17, 18 games in it now? Uh, Zelda mm-hmm. 2 was, at the time, the second Zelda game. Makes sense. Uh, there was only two games, so they were very, very different. I don't think that, and we've seen this too, is, is no game has really followed the Zelda 2 trend. I don't think Breath of the Wild will be the one, or Breath of the Wild 2 will be the one to like start following Zelda 2. Um, maybe in terms of like design, where there's like six palaces or something that you need to go to, I could see that being similar. But um, yeah, I, I don't see uh, many many parallels between Zelda 2 and Breath of the Wild 2. It's too early to tell, though. Um, it is, but I, I agree with you. I don't see the parallels there. I haven't heard anybody making that comparison, actually. Um, so when I, what I think he's referring to here is Zelda 2 and Breath of the Wild 2 being similar, and that Zelda 2 is just a radical departure from Zelda 1 in terms of gameplay, and in terms of almost everything. And I think that it's obvious that Breath of the Wild 2 won't be a radical departure from Breath of the Wild 1. And, like, I, th- I think the far more apt comparison and the one that we've heard a lot is Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask. Um, and, and that makes sense to me because Majora's Mask was the same, but kind of kind of upside down. It, it turned everything on its head and it took what Ocarina of Time did, reused it, but made it completely fresh by adding in, you know, some cool twists and... and different different things to make it stand out and i think that's what breath of the wild 2 is going to do um so yeah i I don't see the comparisons between zelda 2 and breath of the wild 2 like you said like they haven't really 
went back to anything in Zelda 2. I mean, they kind of did some 2D stuff in Link's Awakening, but I, I think for the most part, um, I, I feel like Nintendo maybe looks at Zelda 2 as an experiment that didn't necessarily hit the mark on a lot of things that uh, fans of the series now would eventually go on to expect from the series. So, um, yeah, I, I think the I think the more apt comparison is Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask. And, and I have heard people make that one a lot. Yeah, but I agree. you're right. We'll see. Anything could happen. Um, here's here's a question specifically for you, Kevin. I think that only you have the answer to this. Hylian Cookie asks, why is everybody so thirsty for rehydrated Ganondorf? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're they're talking to the stay hydrated bot in our uh, on our Twitch channel too much. Can can you explain to any listeners that may not know what rehydrated Ganondorf is exactly what that is? I don't know if I'm the one to <laughs> to really say it for sure. I I think you're the only one. He's just a handsome man. He comes back to life from uh, being a zombie. Makes sense to me. Maybe he got the water of life from uh, from Zelda 2. Maybe that's where the comparisons are, are coming from. Uh, yeah, maybe. You know, people saw the dead, rotting corpse of Ganondorf and were like, God damn, this guy's handsome. Let's, let's give him a six-pack and beautiful eyes. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how that happened. I, I honestly don't. I just remember somebody posting... Our Discord is pretty good for people uh, on the pulse of, of all the different memes and stuff like that. And I remember coming into Zelda Talk and seeing, like, sexy Ganondorf pictures everywhere. And I was like, what the f- What is going on here? <laughs> and then uh, I, I found out that that was indeed rehydrated Ganondorf. Or maybe it's just hydrated Ganondorf. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Gan- Ganon DX. But here, here's a fun fact for you. I was checking uh, Google Analytics on the website just to pull up uh, some of the writing statistics for last month. And the number one piece of news for the entire month of, uh, of June was fans are thirsty for rehydrated Ganondorf. <laughs> I swear to God. It was in like, it was like oh, in the sixth spot behind, behind our Breath of the Wild interactive map, Ocarina of Time walkthrough. Fans are thirsty for rehydrated Ganondorf. And they say Zelda Dungeon isn't a clickbait website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got him, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Uh, um, and Cookie, nobody has the answer for that question, unfortunately. Certainly not us, so let's just move on. Sounds um, good. Mapplebee asks, which character that was mentioned in Breath of the Wild but not seen would you most like to see flashback cinemas of? Um, I, it's not a character necessarily, but like when, um, when Ganondorf took control of the divine beasts and all the guardians and stuff like that, I just want to see, like, I just want to see how it was done. You know, I, I've, I've complained about that often and loudly on this show that I just like don't understand how he could do that. So I would want to see a flashback of that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I. I feel like uh, seeing the champions more would be uh, pretty cool, but I, I also would like to see a little bit more of the of the new champions kind of come into their own in this game and pick up where the other champions left off. You know, before they all died. 
Yeah, I, you know what? I would I would like to see that too, actually. Just see, yeah, it kind of sounds morbid, but like, I'd, I'd like to at least see the champions last stand, or uh, you know what happened to them right before, right before they fell. The champions ballad does a little bit more to, to, you know, give some more backstory on them. But yeah, definitely seeing more of the champions. They're all really great characters. Just want to see some more of them. Um, well, actually, let's let's skip ahead a few questions here and just go right to Derek R. Would you like to see the deceased champions come back in Breath of the Wild two, or have we seen enough of them? Yeah, I I love all of them, but I do think that I'd like to see the like if it's a true sequel. I'd like to see the new champions do a bit more. Maybe if there's like a time jump or something. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I was kind of saying last week with Goo that like. I feel like a lot of the new champions were definitely overshadowed by their, you know, previous uh, incarnations from a from a hundred years prior. So some more some more story for like Riju and Inobo and uh, the other guys would be good. I, I think Sidon was pretty well defined and well established, so he's fine. But I think the other guys could definitely use some character development put towards them. Um, I you know what, although I would like to see the the old champions like maybe. Maybe just in like, maybe not like a flashback, but I, I at least want to see some, some mentions to them. Because I think if you're going to develop the new champions, like you kind of have to acknowledge the old ones, in a sense. Because like these guys are trying to live up to them. Like, I mean, Sidon is Mipha's brother, so obviously you're going to have that there. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like in order to get some more character development out of the new champions, they should definitely, you know, at, at least maybe spend some time with the characters and, and their feelings about how they measure up to these, like, legendary heroes from 100 years prior. Yeah, how can how can you top uh, Sean Chiplock as Rivali? Yeah. It's uh, impossible. So here's here's a weird one, but a kind of a cool question. Uh, Sebastian from the Hidden Pixels podcast, which is a cool podcast that I uh, did a guest episode on, if you guys want to check that out. I think they're over on SoundCloud. Um, he asks, which medallion in Ocarina of Time has the best design? I'm uh, I'm biased. Uh, I love the Shadow Temple. It's uh, it's purple. Okay. You know it's so hard not to just pick your favorite color. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Uh, um, I like the Shadow Temple. It's cool. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say the Water Temple, like the Zora Sapphire one. I think that that one looks really cool. But I'm also biased because my cat is named Zora. So. <laughs> the Zora Sapphire or the Medallion. Isn't the medallion pretty much just kind of like the Zora Sapphire? Um, that's a. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, don't know. I think it is. We could be we could be horribly off base here, but uh, I'm, like I'm gonna cheat and just say. Different. Yeah, because the sapphire well, is like I, the three prong thing. The three, yeah, it's got like the three blue jewels. Yeah, but the uh, the medallion really is like looks like an icicle. Uh oh. Well, maybe well, you know what? I'm just gonna stick with that anyways, just because I like blue. The blue's good. I don't know. I like the Shadow Temple. It's got that, like, missing piece of the Triforce theory that some people bring up. It's also purple. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that, like, upside-down triangle. We'll do a deep dive someday into that and uh, talk a little bit more about the Shadow Temple. There is a lot of cool stuff to be to be explored in that temple. Yeah, it's a cool spot. It's my favorite. Um, but let's move on for now. KB Smith asks what was your favorite song in cadence of hyrule Ooh, that's a tough one they're like, all awesome I like, like the honestly title. the title yeah theme. the title was awesome 
Um, the windmill hut was really awesome. Um, you, you know what? You know what I might say actually is the Lost Woods because it's kind of like it's a really okay. upbeat, high tempo remake of the Link to the Past version of the Lost Woods. It's really, really good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a sucker for title themes. I, it's hard. Like it, almost every, I, I'm not gonna say almost. Like every song in that game is awesome. Like the slow version, the peaceful version, the upbeat, high tempo version. Like that game just has absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal music. Yeah. Um, there's not a bad piece of music in there. So I mean, really, you could just run down the whole soundtrack because it's all awesome. Yeah, I agree. So here's here's a silly one, um, and inevitably. Every time that I ask people for questions, I get a question like this. But since you were coming on the podcast, I wanted to have 16 questions, so I put it in anyways. <laughs> Spam Man from the Drink from the Past podcast asks, Kevin, which Zelda character would you ship with Tingle and why? Oh, boy. I feel like there's a hydrated Ganon <laughs> comment in here somewhere. <laughs> but I'll leave that one yep. to the internet. Uh, Pinkle, yeah, of the course. Inter- the internet can run with that. You gotta yeah. have Pinkle and Tingle. And I mean, like you don't you don't even need to ship them. Like that's that's a thing. Yeah. He uh, he definitely uh, gets some of that pink of love in Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, which uh, you know what I guess we're not going to see at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon because he's not collecting all the rupee goods, oh. which is too bad. Devastating. That's uh, that is quite the scene. Uh, if anyone that has not seen the Pinkle Tingle scene, you should pull out your Googler and try and find that because it's something else. <laughs> um, but let's let's move on to his actually serious question here. Uh, Spam the Man asks, what is the newest Zelda game that counts as a retro game? The Wii is considered retro by some, so are Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword retro games now? Kind of like an interesting question. Um, I I, I don't, I don't think so. Like, to me, to me, retro is still, like, 2D. Um, like, Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, I feel like, are kind of the retro, maybe... Maybe Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages could be counted as a retro game, but like it's hard for me to say like Majora's Mask and, and Ocarina of Time, like are are truly like old school retro Zeldas. I mean they are, but they they age just so fantastically that it's it's hard to say that for me. I think the the also the issue with like looking at like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask as like the retro Zelda games, which I th- I think they are like the original releases for sure. But we've had remakes of those games, whereas something like Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons are, but they're very old games. But they're the handheld games that are kind of, you know, in their own sphere. I'd I'd say N sixty four and older. I I would say the Oracle games and and older, although it like. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird to say. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the N sixty four version of Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time are definitely retro games. Like, they came out 20 years ago. But, um... It's, it, yeah, it's weird for me to call them that, I guess, because it, it, they just... They still play so well to this day that uh, it seems odd to call them retro. And, like, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, too. It seems weird. Maybe, maybe we're just getting old and out of touch. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Definitely, possibly. Um, KB Smith 34 asks... Which bad guy slash villain slash dungeon boss would you most want to see revisited for the sequel to Breath of the Wild? And I'm assuming that they're talking about which bad guy from Breath of the Wild. I'm I'm a sucker for dragons. I mean, uh, Argarok, Volvagia, 
kind of uh, epic bosses, I think. Um, yeah, it's it definitely definitely those guys, or maybe some of like the older original uh, Legend of Zelda bosses that like we've never seen in 3D, like a Gliok or like Aquamentus flying around, breathing fire. That would be pretty awesome um, to see some of those. Because I remember, um, you know, when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I forgot that Lynels were even in the original Zelda. So, like, seeing seeing a fully 3D realized version of an enemy from 30 years ago was pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I'd want to see him in the sequel to Breath of the Wild versus just, like, a Zelda title so, somewhere in general. But I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Vadi. I think that there's more to his story that you could get out of him. Yeah, I'd like to see 3D Vadi. Yeah, just like I think that his character had like a lot of cool potential. Um, you know, he he kind of he had a really great story in Minish Cap. He was he was pretty intimidating in Four Swords. So you know, I I think that there is I think there's room to tell more there with Vadi. So you know, and, and and you know, I'm a big Minish Cap guy. So uh, he would be my answer, but not not in the sequel to Breath of the Wild because I don't think that that would fit. All right, so Rune Wolf asks, and this is. This is kind of a two-parter question, so I'll take it in two parts here. Uh, with Ganondorf possibly returning and voice acting coming back, who would you like to see play Ganondorf? Or voice Ganondorf, I guess is what he means. Um, I'm not super well-versed on my voice actors. I don't know if you are, Kevin. Oh, yeah. I so would I'll, love I'll, to I'll, see I'll let... uh, Steve Blum. <laughs> Steve Blum is Ganondorf, for sure. Steve Blum. All right, so for for the uninitiated like me, what what has Mr. Blum done before? So like, Steve, who is he? Steve Blum does the voice of uh, Spike Spiegel in um, Cowboy Bebop. It's got a very recognizable voice. There's some other parts that I can't really think of right now that Steve's done, but definitely has a very unique voice. Um, if not Steve Blum, maybe uh, oh man, maybe like Matt Mercer. I'm a big Critical Role fan, so maybe Matt Mercer or, like, Travis Willingham. You know, Matt Mercer would be cool. I think that, like, the thing with Nintendo, though, is that they they definitely casted, like, kind of lesser lesser known people for their for their voice acting, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know that they'd go out, like, and get, like, a Matt Mercer, get, like, a Troy Baker, someone, like, really prominent in the voiceover community. Um, but I, I'm, this is a question I feel like I wouldn't be super qualified to answer. Taylor is a big voice acting guy, so we'll ask him and, and get back to you, uh, back to you listeners about this. The second part of RuneWolf's question is, uh, would you be happy if they made Zelda a second playable co-op character for Breath of the Wild 2? Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be awesome. I'm thinking, uh, tandem motorcycle races <laughs> the fast and the furious is high rule drift yeah not even a co-op character just make zelda the main character yeah i, I was gonna say i don't know about co-op but i would really like to to swap, to swap them out yeah cause, i mean you, like in cadence of hyrule you can swap between link you can swap between zelda um that's a pretty cool dynamic but I, yeah I, I think i'd rather see something along the lines of like um, this this is probably a bad comparison, but like in Resident Evil, where like you have your moments, like where you have to play as one guy and then you have to switch to the other girl, and like 
there are certain things that that only the one character can do and the other character can't. So like you have to play like kind of a balanced approach to that game. Um, and I, I think I'm thinking of Resident Evil Zero in particular. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Oh yeah, I I'm gonna draw another comparison. I don't know if you're a Witcher fan, but in The Witcher Three, you have some certain areas where you can play as Siri, and she has some okay. different abilities that put Geralt to shame. Uh, I'm sure Zelda would have some really cool magic moves that she could do. I'd I'd love to play as Zelda. Man, w- Witcher Three has been. You know, I started playing it and I got about an hour in. And I think I told this story before, but I had just finished playing Breath of the Wild, and I was like, man, I can't do another 100-hour RPG right now. And I, I've never picked it up since. Yeah, it's a big commitment. I only just beat it last year. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to play it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get it on Switch, though, because I heard that it was a little bit of a condensed um, frame rate and runtime and performance and stuff like that. But uh, it's definitely on my list of games to play. And hey, that new series looks pretty cool. I like oh, Henry yeah, Cavill. the Netflix, yeah. I'm a big Witcher fan. Read all the books, played all the games. There's some books about the Witcher? Oh, yeah. That's where they all started from. Those oh, books really? were I didn't written know that. in like 19, like in like the 90s. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. They only just recently, well, some of them only recently got published in English. It's a Polish, uh, uh, by a Polish author, Andrzej Sapkowski. Hmm. This, is, this is a sidebar here, but uh, are you a Game of Thrones fan? Oh, big time, yeah. Again, read all the books. Oh, see, I I just started watching it uh, about a month ago. Sam and I have been binging all the series, and we're on season six right now. Oh, wow. So just catching up to that. Um, and it's yeah, that's really good so far, too. I think I'm going to get the Game of Thrones Telltale game. Or not Telltale game, but the episodic game or whatever it was. Okay. But, uh, yeah, anyways... So let's uh, let's bring Nomir. We got two more questions. Sure. Uh, this one comes from Zelda Dungeon's own spiritual mask salesman. With Ganondorf making a return, should the Triforce play more of a role in Breath of the Wild two? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. I would yes. say yes, regardless. Yeah, yeah. I, I want good guy Ganondorf now. Plays plays him a little bit. A little Triforce of power slapping people around. Um, yeah, that I love the so Triforce cool. aspect in the story where these these three characters are kind of tied to each other throughout time. Um, it's almost like a curse. The Triforce has almost cursed them in a way. They got to keep fighting each other forever. I was I was a little bit disappointed, actually, in Breath of the Wild because I think you hear the word Triforce one time in that game, and, and it seemed so odd to not have like this. The sacred relic, which has been the focal point of the series, or the most important games in the series, just completely no-show the biggest game that the series had had in, like, ten years. So, yeah, I really hope that the Triforce comes back in the sequel, because, yeah, it's like, it's the binding force between your three central characters, and the and the one thing that, that keeps everything driven and moving forward. So, um, I want to see the Triforce come back. I think it's going to play a big role in the, in the sequel, and maybe it'll maybe it'll get us to that um, Breath of the Wild Dark World that I think is going to happen. Ooh, yeah, it's all it's all underwater, and you play as banjo. <laughs> you play as banjo and kazooie. Holy cow! That game's going to sell millions. What a combo! <laughs> I play that for uh, sure. All right, this is the last one for you, and this is kind of a cool question and like a question that we can't really answer adequately, but we're going to try anyways. Um, Johnny Try asks. What should the new subtitle be for Breath of the Wild 2? 
Hear me out on this. No subtitle. Hear me out. Instead of a subtitle, we put a prefix on it. We call it Deep Breath of the Wild. Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound so good. No. Maybe no, that's more of like so a good. yoga relaxing thing. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Been playing uh, Wii Fit too much. <laughs> yeah, you want a Wii Fit kick? No. <laughs> playing her in Super <laughs> Smash Bros, though. Uh, she's pretty good in Super Smash Bros. Deceptively yeah. powerful. Oh, yeah. Soccer balls. God. Um, I will say this. I think that the subtitle will incorporate Breath of the Wild's title in a sense that it will either be Breath of blank something, or it will be blank of the wild. I think it'll be one of the two. Kind of, kind of like how a link between worlds, you know, took the a link to the past kind of vibes from it. I think that we're gonna get the same thing. Yeah, I think that's that's a much safer bet. Death of the wild. Death of the wild. Death of the wild is kind of, is the fan title for this game, and it, you know what? It's kind of cool. It's a little bit dark for me, but like, you know, you, you watch that trailer. It looked pretty dark. Yeah, the death of the wild. Yeah, um, so yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, I, I definitely think it'll incorporate something from this game, though. I just I pray and hope to God that it's not called Breath of the Wild Two because that would just totally suck. I remember when they did that with Metroid Prime Two, and I was just like, "Are you serious? Come on, just name it Metroid Echoes." <laughs> Metroid Revelations. Maybe that's what it should be called: The Legend of Zelda Revelations. Oh God. Um, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And that is, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. We have answered 16 questions for you here on the Champions Cast. And, uh, you know what? Kevin and I are now off to pack our bags, get some last minute, uh, Zelda playtimes in and, uh, fly to Chicago. Uh, Kevin. Yes. Thank you for, for doing the show with me this week. Andy, this was, this was a blast and a half. I had a great time. Yeah, I, I did as well. I think it's always magic when we uh, get together on these podcasts and uh, and talk about Banjo-Kazooie and Wii Fit Trainer. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a great time. Um, so, yeah, that's we're out this week. Uh, next week, of course, we are going to be on Facebook Live. We're going to be doing a, uh, a Q&A slash uh, behind-the-scenes look of the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. Uh, maybe Mr. O'Rourke will even be there and, and make a guest appearance. Uh, who knows who knows who could show up on that so definitely tune in for that we'll do it on uh, monday at some point in the night so keep your eyes on zelda informer facebook uh, once again the zelda dungeon marathon starts july 13th to the 19th um, we're raising money for charity for extra life uh, all the money goes towards the children's hospital of illinois you can donate towards incentives towards file names you can t-shirts at teespring.com forward slash zelda dungeon forward slash store and uh, you know you're going to be donating to a really great cause and uh, you're going to be having a lot of fun while you do it and we're going to be having i think even more fun because uh you know this it's the happiest time of the year zelda dungeon marathon time definitely head over to podbean head over to itunes all the major podcast apps uh, like subscribe comment review all that good stuff uh, leave us a review we have a lot of ratings and reviews and i've been reading them all uh, a lot of really generous feedback so i appreciate that for everybody um, if you got a zelda fan in your life and they are not checking out the champions cast hook them up they're gonna love it we're out the next time that we uh that we're doing a show it's gonna be post marathon definitely head over to twitch.tv forward slash zelda dungeon so you can keep up with us as we're playing all these games we will see you guys 
on Monday, live from Chicago.